0: Hey Claire. Hey Blythe.
1: Want to talk about sexy books?
0: Yeah, I do. Awesome.
2: <laughs> when you need a
1: sexy escape from a world that's gone insane, erotic fiction with romantic addiction.
2: We've got some wrecks if you care to listen. We all have managed to scratch between our mind and thighs. So let's.
0: Right, so I am here today with Claire Napier to talk about her horror romance comic, The Magic Necklace. Um, so welcome, Claire. Claire is a comics editor, critic, and cartoonist. Um, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm
0: glad to be here. So just really quickly, I'm going to read the description um, and then we'll just get right into it. Anne Rita's acting differently since she came back, because she's not afraid of men anymore. Not her brother, not the fuzz, and not the guy who's standing right behind her. Whatever he does, it just can't threaten her. If you've ever wanted a comic about why women let bad boys and men in, this is that one. What's fair in love and war isn't always black and white. But add some pink and you're more than halfway there. Okay, so this comic is a lot about dangerous men and why women are attracted to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Excuse me, which I really love. (laughs) Um, Just, I love that this comic gets into something that I think that at least I as a woman and probably lots of women struggle with, which is that kind of navigating that line of like, basically just doing what we want but still trying to stay safe (laughs) Mm, yeah yeah in this world is tough (laughs) I'm 34 and I feel like I'm only sort of just beginning to even fully navigate all of that and like how much I allow myself to be who I want to be in public just because of men being around and staring at me (laughs) (laughs) i know right yeah i'm i'm 36
1: in two weeks um and i know exactly what you mean like you i mean for me i don't know about you but like my a lot of my very early romantic um ideals were kind of dangerous um Mm -hmm. like it's kind of a soft example but Well, no, actually, it's not. Like, Disney. I was a Disney princess girl. Um, Mm -hmm. I love Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Kind of an obvious one. Um, Mm -hmm. And even The Little Mermaid. Like, Eric represents the loss of the entire rest of her world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, he's not personally dangerous, but he's conceptually dangerous. Um, And then when I was, like, six or something, um, the X-Men cartoon came out in England. Um, And I just fell in love with Gambit. Um, And he's like, we are not sure if you should trust him. Is he the guy who ruins everything? We know he's a thief. He's like, he's a flirt with everyone. Can Rogue rely on him to give her heart away? We don't know. Like, The uncertainty and like the instability of romantic excitement was like immediate. It's inescapable, like from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, we've got to deal with it at some point,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more, and it's tricky. <laughs> oh god, it's so it's hard. Very hard. Um, wh- while I was reading it, I don't know if you agree with this at all, but it sort of made me think of a lot of like, like erotic thrillers from. Or, or like the earlier, I don't know, like the '90s, maybe. Mm-hmm, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: It just sort of gave me that vibe of like the young girl who's coming into her own power and figuring yeah. out how. I I hate that I keep saying the word navigate, but really, I just how <laughs> to navigate that.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, you, you totally. Yeah. Um, I was I was watching a lot of erotic thrillers in the year um that I was making this comic um and like a a year or two before as well um because like I tend to to approach genre in like seasons um because I as as you mentioned um I'm a critic I, I I think in um like I enjoy fiction and stories a great deal but I also enjoy um like looking at the sort of wider landscape like how they relate to each other how um different people approach the same concept mm-hmm. um and I was a 90s kid as you must have been as well um mm-hmm. and like all the grown-ups were watching erotic thrillers right um mm-hmm. so it it, it it was representative of some kind of like future identity um because there's no appeal to a child like it, it's it's completely irrelevant to your life what people mm-hmm. are doing in an erotic throat. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like business people having sex with each other. I don't do either of those things, I'm nine. Um <laughs> but um but they for some reason they still featured them in 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 like kids and teen magazines. Like you'd see a little blurb for like um I don't remember the title right now, but it was um it promised a story where um a woman's husband frames her for his murder um, and then while she's in prison, she finds out that he's alive. But because of.
0: Oh, is it Double Jeopardy?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So she's like allowed to murder him now because she's already been to prison for it. Right. I read about that when I was like 10 or something. and I was like, wow, that's insane. I'm going to watch that when I'm older. And I did watch it like last year. That it sucks. It's not like that at all. She
0: doesn't even kill him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like, remember it, it, watching that movie as a child, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, better to watch it as a child than to wait 20 years and be disappointed, maybe. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I was intrigued. Like, I'm, like to start with, I wasn't intrigued. I was just like, uh, erotic thrillers. They sound boring for grown-ups. But as I became a grown-up, I was like, I'm going to find out what they really are like. And some of them are boring. Um, like, Double Jeopardy, was it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean it's fine it's probably kind of a fun watch if you go in not expecting it to be about being legally allowed to kill your bastard husband <laughs> if you do expect that and you don't get it it's disappointing um but yeah finding um which like area of a genre field you really gravitate towards is interesting like you you it's self discovery right mm-hmm. um so the the ones that i found that i really had time for um were usually the ones where (laughs) where men are really suffering um yes like and and not just in like a a punitive way like where the the vulnerability of a man as a whole being like emotional and physical is examined Mm -hmm. um I, i i it appealed to me um but i didn't want to just do one of those because people have already done one of those so
0: this is this is the comic that happened good eye well done for spotting it thank you oh <laughs> i mean clearly you it spoke to the genre to me for sure so i definitely got that so do you want to start just jumping right into the actual comic now sure so it opens up with a woman named ann rita and she's at a bar or sort of a cafe slash bar and she's trying to order fries and she just meets this this very intriguing man (laughs) (laughs) and he just sort of starts talking to her and right away you get You know, there's an edge to it. Like, as soon as he starts talking to her, like, she orders caviar fries, and he starts talking about how the caviar is, um, like, little fish eggs. And he says that when rich people say they love caviar, what they're really saying is, and I just, I had to write down this line, (laughs) I love guzzling cum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anything. So it definitely starts off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she instantly, like, she describes this man as a man trap, which I really liked. What does that mean to you, man trap? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't want to, like,
1: appropriate anyone's experience, but as a person and as a woman, like, you do find yourself contemplating the notion of abusive relationships because like it's one of the world's dangers right Mm -hmm. um and like we all grow up um well when for me and probably for you because we're the same generation um like getting online and learning online feminism um you kind of get like a massive sudden upload of all this like um adjustment data to the, the the like social norms that you haven't really interrogated before um like for example um as children i mean it, the luckiest among us of which i am one like do not experience d- domestic violence like my childhood did not include any bad relationships really but you still hear about them you know about them um people talk about them you see them on the news um and it's kind of it it's like a potential future right like am i if i go down this alleyway is someone going to get me if i fall in love with someone are they going to turn out to be evil and and you hear about women who like air quotes didn't leave and you hear people talking about like why didn't she leave and when you go online or however it happens and you get more educated about like actual real life and psychology and um just being a more compassionate person when it comes to things that you don't know about um like the the reasons that people don't leave start coming up and sometimes it's that it's too frightening but sometimes it's just that people don't want to because they still like the person that they're with and that Like, I can imagine that. I can imagine being in that situation. And it's scary. So the idea of a a person as... As something that's both compelling and... um, You know in the movie Casper? Mm -hmm. um, When he turns into a boy at the end and whispers, can I keep you? Mm -hmm. Like, for me... Oh my god. <laughs> like yes. as however old I was at the time. Oh my god, yes, Casper, please. Um but if he's evil, Save. it becomes sinister. Like the idea of of being um like I guess possessed by someone is desirable, but if they're mean then it's undesirable as well. So it's just like a straightforward horror concept, I guess. Like what if this good thing was bad? What if this bad thing attracted you? What like when animals are caught by traps, they're usually caught because there was some tasty food on the trap, right? Um mm. so we can't blame them for being caught because who wouldn't want the cheese? Um and that like all these concepts vibe together and the man trap is born. I mean, I guess, like, I, I I just can't stop talking about things I watched on television in the 90s. <laughs> but um, I was also a Power Rangers child. And, mm-hmm. um, like, the combination monster, um, I guess, just became a formative concept. Like, the idea of taking an object and a, a a thing and mashing it together and giving it arms and legs and a face and an attitude... Um, it's just, it's something that happens, you know, like it, I don't even have to consider the idea before the idea has arrived in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really reflect on that before this moment, but that, that probably, probably watching Power Rangers helped me with my, my
0: adult erotic thriller. <laughs> <laughs> That's there <we> go. wonderful. <laughs> Influence comes from everywhere. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Yeah, I just loved. I loved that whole page of the comic where it's just describing everything about him that is the trap. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, big shiny belt buckle. Like big shiny belt buckle. Oh, you looked at it, um, mm-hmm. and like he has crooked teeth. They're sexy, but if you notice them wrong, it's your fault. Things yeah. like that. Um, I just thought it was great, though. It it just It made me think of just how I feel like as a woman in public, I'm always straddling that line of like, notice, if I notice a man noticing me, Mm -hmm. then suddenly it's on me, like whatever he does, you know? (laughs) I I do. Yeah. Like if he decides to do something disgusting or say something disgusting, it's on me because I made eye contact with him. Yeah. Yeah. but then there's also this huge power in taking ownership of that sexuality and being able to use it for your own pleasure or devices or whatever. Yeah. Um, well this, this page I think, um,
1: does especially speak to what was appealing to me in, in the erotic thrillers that I did like, um, like the, the enforced, like the vulnerability, the way that it's shown, um, the men in those movies like for example in case anyone wants to go and like check the scholarship or whatever um flesh tone is one and um sea of love is another that that springs really easily to mind um because the way that the men are treated by the narrative is the way that women are usually treated by narratives um like they're just completely examined and observed and um put off um balance and um they they' they're just like it's like essentially emasculated in mm-hmm. the social sense, but not actually in the movie exactly, just like metatextually and not in a way that makes them appear air quotes, non-masculine in the aesthetic sense, it's just the way that they're treated by the text is so, um, it's, it's demanding in a way that I recognize, um, watching like every single thing I've ever watched where a female character is created by the text, um, like the way that she's shot and the way that she's wardrobed and the, insight we do or don't get into her mind and the way that she's endangered or frightened it's all put on them and that's not only cathartic um to like see it just basically turned around but it's also relatable so it makes them more accessible in like a personal um like same hat kind of way And that's what I wanted to do with this page, like, make him um, visible enough that not only what he's doing on purpose is there to look at, but also you just you get to, like, enjoy him in a way that you can't in real life because, as you said, like you made eye contact then you you looked and now it's all your fault. Like
2: Mm -hmm. taking
1: that experience out of life and putting it onto the page makes it so much easier to navigate.
0: It's just a good word.
1: (laughs) It's the word for the job.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I complete, I totally agree. And I really, I really liked that. And then after that, there's, there's a bit where he asks Anne Rita, he said something like, can you grab this thing off the bar? And he basically wants her to, like, lean over the bar so mm-hmm. he can, like, look at her ass, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, um, that happens, right? Oh, for sure that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah. tell you how many times. <laughs> I agree. Right? Um. Yeah, and again it's like one of those things where sometimes like you you don't realize the man is doing it till you've already done the thing and then it's mm-hmm. like your shame to carry around. Um yeah. but what I loved in this comic was that she said, "Oh, he's probably looking like right at my ass right now and like last week that would have scared me, but it doesn't scare me today." Um and there are reasons for that that the comic we're we're not going to spoil everything, but um she she is feeling much stronger these days
1: (laughs) yeah yeah there is like there is an actual reason like not just um Mm -hmm. it's not just about um like conceptual empowerment like she hasn't just decided i'm a tough bitch now it it, i i I didn't want it to be um self motivated like that's not the right word but like I didn't want it to I guess I guess I just didn't want to make it all her responsibility because sometimes in in fiction when a woman like decides that she's not gonna be afraid anymore it it feels patronizing and also insulting because like sometimes that's a decision that's within your grasp but sometimes not (laughs) yeah like we we can't just fix the whole world just by deciding we don't like it
0: like Mm -hmm. we can do
1: some things we can fix some of it and we can certainly we have some agency and we have probably more ability to enact change than it feels like we do but like the the, pretending that you can just boss bitch your way through all of the world's misogyny is goofy (laughs) so yeah Yeah. there's like it's magic (laughs) like i'll I'll spoil that much it's magic she she she's not afraid of him because she's got magic powers that mean that she just doesn't have to be afraid Uh um because if, if if
2: if we're dealing with real problems that i don't have real answers for then a fake answer
1: at least allows the creation of comparison. And that's what fiction does, right? Like the, uh-huh. the, the ability to experience a different life or a different story. Um, it doesn't have to be a real one in order to help us get like real perspective
0: and that's really part of what I loved about this whole thing was, I mean, it just spoke to me so much and like my own personal experiences. Yeah. And it just definitely, there's a liberation to it, even though it's, you know, I'm reading it. I'm not experiencing it, but yeah, definitely a liberation to it. And like, it just makes me, it really did make me think like, it It did just get me thinking about how the world could change or how I could change to fit this world and but like live in it better and more happily <laughs> well, that's amazing to hear <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it really did it did for me too, honestly,
1: like making it was um like beyond cathartic,
0: yeah, I can imagine i just it is something I think about a lot, just like this whole every time i go out in public as a woman it does the the, just the presence of men and the stares of men like affects me a lot and how Mm -hmm. i act and what i wear um yeah so anyway i just loved it i i I, Um, yeah
1: i relate yeah for sure i am much happier in myself having reduced um my like outdoor (laughs) um like since the beginning of the pandemic I go a lot less um you know amongst the people um and it's it's better I like it more I like being the me that I want to be because I'm not trying to like constantly recalibrate for like incoming you know it does actually make a real difference to my um
0: i don't know whole psyche i guess which is fucked up but it is really Mm -hmm. fucked up honestly like (laughs) but i i i totally relate and i feel like i had kind of a similar experience of just like i by being alone and out of the public so much i did learn so much more about myself and i didn't even realize like how much being seen affected that and affected yeah just everything i do yeah, for sure, for sure. I've been trying to like
1: wean myself back onto being perceived um, yeah. by using TikTok, and honestly, it's it it's been working. Like um, being able to, um, I mean, you pr- you probably know it through podcasting, but like being able to present a self without having the immediate, potentially horrible and often horrible feedback of real people is <laughs> yes.
0: <it's> very nice <laughs> oh yes i think that being able to like sort of cultivate an online persona is another thing that's so incredibly liberating and just like empowering and because you have so much more control over the things you put out there yeah and how people see you and how you want to be perceived so anyway so they sort of get to a sort of little back and forth flirtation while they're in the bar. I don't know. I guess she thinks that it's, she's trying to kind of get him to like take him home with her or to take, yeah, to take, to take her home with him. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she thinks it's not going to work out, but then she goes outside on the street to smoke and he follows her.
1: And who hasn't felt, the the flutter of a heart when like someone that you thought wasn't interested maybe still is like that horrible like (laughs) self-deception um or even not deception like just the the experience of like being desperate is so um delicate like it's it's precious in a way it's precious in a way that you're not even supposed to experience because it's like you you know yourself in those moments you know like Mm -hmm. I want this um sometimes when it's like it seems like it's snatched away then that's when you know that you really did want something and then you get like a second chance it's like oh my god um but it's like boys play with girls that way I mean I know girls do it back and like I like the the, the probably the, the heterosexual history of marriage mm, probably does mean that boys do it to girls more because girls in like the widely historical sense need boys to marry them. Um mm-hmm. so it, it feels, I guess, a little more like political, like demographically cruel when When boys do it to girls, I don't know. Like maybe that's wild speak, but
0: No, I agree. They have so much damn power as it is. Yeah. But yeah, so then they're on the street and they're sort of like making out and like he's reaching into her panties and um It's dreadful. (laughs) (laughs) But I really liked this moment where she's like trying to convince him basically that she's serious and she does want him to take her home. And she, I just love the visual you have, which is like, he says, I don't know, like he's not sure. And she says, I want you to want me like I want you. And like her whole like outer body like unravels like a suit and there's this little like alien sex pod inside. basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just love that visual. It's hard to describe all of the amazing visuals in this comic. Um, so if you're listening, you should really just buy it because <laughs> it's impossible to describe properly. <laughs> I praise, <laughs> but I loved that moment. Um, and then he like takes her home and, like, he's carrying what looks like her skin suit and, like, the little alien sex pot on top. That probably sounds really strange, but <laughs> it's <very> cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, you feel that way sometimes,
1: right? Like, just
2: mm-hmm.
1: an inhuman fuck machine.
0: hmm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just, like, full of need and want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's
1: hard to... um... The thing with with drawing sex comics, right, is um, if you only use literal visuals, then you're just kind of drawing... Like, it it becomes... A meta-dialogue develops. It, It starts to be that your piece of work is saying... This is what a hot girl looks like. Like, this is what a sexually desirable person looks like. And that very easily becomes what a sexually desirable person should look like. Which very easily becomes, this is what you should look like if you want to be sexually desirable. So it um, it became very important to me to find ways to represent feeling rather
2: than looking or being. Um, because like looking hot when you're having sex is great
1: but it's also not possible 100% of the time (laughs) and if if you like happen upon that fact in the moment it can be kind
2: of a buzzkill um so it felt important to me to develop like a sort of second aesthetic of artness. Like, mm-hmm.
1: because if you're always thinking, what do I look like? You just, you you're, you can't have the best time. You just can't. No. Um, but if you can... Swap out what do I look like for like am I projecting how this feels or am I connecting to how this feels? And if I can enable that through like creating a different kind of
2: image of sex haver or hot girl, um that's important to me. Uh-huh.
1: I mean it's been hard, right
0: um to to look at
1: at what a hot girl's
0: supposed to look like, especially both of us grew up in the 2000s. exactly right? it's been
1: very precise like the mm-hmm. the the limitations the guidelines have been extreme um and working as a comics critic um there was no respite in that, um, in that area. Like, if, if, if a girl can look thin on the cover of a magazine, just wait till you see how thin she can be drawn on the cover of a comic book. Or, like, the, the, the tits. If they're not a full fucking circle, get out of town, you ugly hag. Um, and, like, legitimately that affects me to this day like when my boobs look round a tiny part of my head is saying well then you did it you you, you you you've got tits the right way and I fucking hate that because like J. Scott Campbell just drew a circle in 1999 and I still have to think about
0: it I resent oh my that God, I relate I relate <laughs> so hard I think of like going through my whole young adult life thinking that like the super round, padded, like, Victoria's Secret Angel look was, like, the ultimate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, oh my god, it gave me, honestly, such a complex about my boobs. Right. And, like, the first yeah. time I let a guy see them, I was so scared, because I was just, mm-hmm. like, these are not yeah. how they're supposed to look, right? And, like, now... Like through pandemic, I stopped wearing a bra, like pretty much completely, <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm like I'm never going back to that like <laughs> oh my God, that underwire like corset I feel like I used to wear, yeah, and I like yeah. my hoops better now, <laughs> yeah, same, like having
1: a range of of like options for the expression like people can you know the beauty discourse can get um very like mature you know people being being like um you it shouldn't matter how hot people think you are you're beautiful no matter what um and like so we it doesn't matter um whether there's a range of like, it it always comes down to like, let's not include more people and more kinds of people. Like it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, we don't really need to see more shapes and sizes, but we do. We really do like the, the freedom and relief of being able to be like, Oh, I'm hot. Like her instead Mm -hmm. of I'm not hot. Like this one girl. I'm I'm hot like one of these 20 girls in a line. Like it doesn't matter that the 20 girls being different means that there is no like real hot like I, that doesn't matter. I don't need a real hot. I just want to feel good. Yes, <laughs> like I just want exactly. to feel good about myself. It it doesn't like People will will like scaremonger like it. It degrades the notion of beauty, or um, like it's somehow culturally a deficit to not have like the style of body and face that is in right now. But that's that's just bullshit. Um,
0: well, and exact and the style that's in right now is that just says it all. <laughs> I've lost track, honestly. Like I've curated my my. Um,
1: my social media, my media intake so well that I have a very, only very vague sense of what's actually being propagated at this minute. Um, and it usually only comes in through people being like, I can't believe they're doing this again. Um, like, I don't actually get the first hand stuff, and it's the way to live, I gotta tell you. <laughs> like, but really, not knowing what you're supposed to be doing
0: is very freeing. Totally. Totally. oh yeah and i mean like we said growing up in the 2000s the the definition of hot was so incredibly specific and so hard to achieve and looking back on it now just honestly, a very strange aesthetic to me
2: <laughs> but yeah.
0: um I honestly mean, I... um like this is kind of
1: a tangent so i apologize but like no no. The fact that you said so hard to achieve there. Um it's true, but it's also
2: like kind of there's still a trick there. Um because like
1: the idea of the like the now body or whatever being something to be achieved. Like that's part of the evil narrative of beauty mm-hmm. standards. Um because I in the 2000s I was very thin and it was by accident. Um like it was at the time I thought it was air quotes just my be- metabolism. Um and it kind of was. It's just that my metabolism was insane from me being insane. Um very high anxiety, fight or flight constantly activated, burnout for years just dreadful times so of course I didn't put on any weight because I was stressed as hell but relate as well (laughs) (laughs) but like because I was thin and because all girls were again air quotes supposed to be thin um the way that I related to myself really fucked up through um my perception of myself as like an assigned collaborator um Mm -hmm. and it was something that I I think that other people also felt about me, but I definitely worried that people were thinking of it about me. Like because if you if you if you do adhere to the template of the day, because capitalism demands that that be achievable, because then it can sell you diet pills and diet tea and um plastic surgery and um gym memberships and so on and so on like the idea it has to it has to be achievable um in the conceptual sense for capitalism to function on it but it's not achievable for everyone and for some people it's not even achieved it's just a happenstance
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and like losing sight of that is something that is very harmful to solidarity because if you whether you're the person who is it or the person who isn't it if you think that someone else is achieving something that you don't want to be obliged to also try and achieve it's quite complicated but like it is um Mm -hmm. then like it's hard for those two people to get on because Mm -hmm. there's so much like inherent and subconscious hurt and suspicion and like just bad they want us to fight. Yeah. Um, and it they like it's coded in everywhere, and it's so hard to escape. Um, so apologies for, like, pouncing on mm. your, like, accidental word choice, but it just goes for miles, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, that's another thing that, like, I still today feel like I'm constantly struggling with, which is, like, what... Sometimes I don't... I'm not even sure completely, like, which things i'm doing for myself and what ones are like Mm. cultural influence and i mean again i feel like pandemic kind of helped me a lot with sorting some of that stuff out but it's still always tricky and like you still you can get punished either way for adhering (laughs) to the norm or not you know trying to look sexy or trying not to it's just as women were punished, no matter what, <laughs> by somebody. Yeah, hopefully not
1: ourselves. though. like that's that's a yeah. goal that we can strive for.
0: <laughs> and like, hopefully one. not by each other. I think we're yeah as a as a society getting that's better dream. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think women. It's nice to see that, like, younger kids and women today, like don't have the kind of, like, catty way of relating to their friends that, like, was very normal when I was growing up. Their, like, competition was much more encouraged, I think, by everybody, you know?
1: Yeah, it was a horrible time. Like, (laughs)
0: if you watch movies from our
2: teens,
1: like, everyone is a shithead, Mm. really. And I just
0: remember, like, oh, yeah. It was like that. It sucks. Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> it's still really hard for kids in completely different ways, but... So, he takes her back to his place, right? Yes. Um, When she comes into his place, the thing... One of the things I really liked is the first thing she's thinking is, I'm scared, I don't know how to be sexy, but <laughs> nothing can hurt me. Mm-hmm. I just really liked that. Um, who doesn't relate? Who, you know, right. isn't everybody a little bit scared that they don't know how to be sexy when the time comes? <laughs> it's embarrassing. Like it kind of has to be. Um,
1: when I um, when I talk to my my editorial clients, um, they're telling their own stories. Um, And quite often they say, like, I've got this idea, but I don't know if it's really cringe. I don't know if I want to go with it. Um, And it always turns out to be a good idea. Um, Because cringe just means, like, vulnerable, like, accessible. Mm -hmm. Like, too, um... Usually I think something is cringe when the person looking at it understands too much. Um... Like it embarrasses you to see someone else doing something because you know it would be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um so following um like the choice to put embarrassing things into um into one's work is something that I really couldn't avoid because I tell other people to do it all the time. Like um mm-hmm. it, it it just wouldn't be um noble, I guess, to renege on that deal. Um,
2: but, like, being... Being sexy is so... Um, like, it has so much currency to it um, that, like, trying to claim
1: it just feels egregious. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like being a, a poser. Like, I wouldn't say... Um, when I was a teenager and I thought that being a punk was cool, I wouldn't be like, I am a punk because
2: mm-hmm.
0: embarrassing, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one of those things that it's like, if you have to say it, aren't exactly you can't be it, can you? Exactly, or like, if you have to try, how can you be it? That's exactly. So, it's... If,
2: if
1: like, if you're if you decide to be sexy, then even if you haven't told the person that you're with, I'm going to be sexy, like you still know, you know that you're doing it. And we're all our own harshest critic. So putting on a, a show like even when it's genuine and um fully felt, putting on a show of sexuality is
2: is I mean I don't know about for everyone, but um but at least before you gain confidence in like
1: your right to be it and like mm-hmm. a sense of what it actually means in practice rather than mm-hmm. performance it's
2: It's scary and it's weird and it's um I feel like without without acknowledging that it's a little bit goofy,
0: <laughs> then <laughs> you can't get over it yeah i agree i mean the the sexiest people i mean the when you're actually having sex i think the sexiest people are the ones who are clearly not putting on a show but just like in their bodies really enjoying Mm -hmm. it and connecting with themselves and with you but like it's really hard to get to that point yeah as as a person (laughs) like like the um
1: At the the beginning of uh, Star Trek, when the the spaceship, like, goes all blurry and, like, just before it vanishes. When it vanishes, like, they're going to warp speed or something. When it vanishes, that's the pro, like, the person who's totally comfortable. There's the way they're doing it. Um, Like, there's almost no, um, not, like, no self-awareness, but, like, no um, self-observation.
2: but the mm-hmm. the hanging, yeah.
1: hanging in space, and then the weird blur just before it goes zoom. That's like that's the tricky part. That like you've got to get everything up to speed, and you've got to you know engage <laughs> and all that. <laughs> like it's hard. It, it's you've got to know. Like it's hard science. You've got to know how to do it, and you can't do it without doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's really hard if like anne Rita is doing i mean she's doing it with somebody she doesn't really know i feel
1: i feel like probably for some people
0: it could be even worse with someone that you do know
1: because they know that you're doing it more true like they know the um your norms and um like you with the first the first time that you show someone like the truth of anything is a little bit um, dicey. Not because they're untrustworthy necessarily, but just because, like, the self feels untrustworthy sometimes. Like, it Mm -hmm. feels unstable. Like, am I allowed to feel this? Am I allowed to do
0: this? Like, is it stupid? Is it embarrassing? And you kind of have to figure it all out in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't really, like rehearse beforehand your sexiness too much you know (laughs) (laughs) it's probably not gonna come off right (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah again like I could definitely see how it could be very liberating to do it with a complete stranger and you can try out a lot of things and they don't actually know you so they don't know. Yeah, there's what you're like putting on really. There's there's an element of brunting that you can't get away with with someone
1: that you know. Um, like I wouldn't mind, Well, I would, but I wouldn't mind crying in front of a stranger because I could just like stoicism it out. Mm-hmm. But if I have to cry in front of someone that I know, I'm like fuck off. Leave (laughs) me alone in this. I don't want people to, like, interact with my sadness. If there are people that I don't know, then they they can't, because like, they don't know me. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I guess it's just about picking your moments, or like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) As Anne-Rita did. Um... (laughs) So... Then there's another visual that I really love, which is when they kiss, and she's just, like, her little tiny, like, alien sex pot self, and she's <laughs> banging off of his face, and he's this giant, like, devil, man, creature. Um, I just liked that.
2: <laughs>
0: Everybody loves a monster, right? Yeah. <laughs> um... And then, oh, there is one part that I don't know why, but this just, like, struck me and I liked it. When he finally, like, takes out his dick and she sees it, she goes, wow, it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a note that's like, it was. Um, And I I don't know, I just really liked that because, like, I feel like we really don't have much appreciation for dicks as a society. (laughs) you're right i don't know if it's because you know like like dick pics are such a thing and that is Mm. gross nobody wants like an unsolicited dick that can be like a hideous thing but you know if i'm expecting it it can be great and i think it can look fantastic so i just liked that moment (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah like uh, you're right um i'd kind of
1: forgotten um but it's definitely true because I remember um that like the, the penis as a source of disgust and ridicule was so normalized uh-huh. um in those in those good old teen years. Um <laughs> and I remember like having a little think to myself <laughs> like yeah. at one point, like do I really think that they're gross, like why would we all subject ourselves to like close contact with these things if if they're really discussed like why like <laughs> do I actually like and no like I, I don't think they're gross, I think they're like really nice um, yeah. like it, and it's not fair like everyone gets to talk about nice tits, like everyone, mm-hmm. everyone in the world has talked about nice tits. Um so like equality, right? Like tenonism, yeah, totally. like nice tits. <laughs> <laughs> That's my
0: opinion. No, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. There's a an, a, a specific memory, a different specific memory um that I have again from the good old days. Um so I went to a girls school um and i my bus ride home was shared with boys from the boys school um and various other members of the public but um like because we had like gender segregated school days the bus ride home was of note right
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know we finally have access to these strange beings um and one one time they were like playing the boys were playing a prank on one of them. Like I think one of them was asleep or something. Um, they would, they were just drawing cocks on their school work. Um, real clever. Um,
2: <laughs> and for some reason, I think it was a, at a different, on a different day, but after that, I had some, like, one of them handed me some paper and was like, draw a
1: dick. But I guess for the same essential purpose. And I did, and I knew how to do it. But it was just... By copying their like glyph, their, their dick glyph that I'd seen so many times, like my hand just knew what to do. But I knew that I didn't actually really know what one looked like because I hadn't seen one in real life at that time. And I wasn't Googling them because I would be embarrassed if my mum mm-hmm. looked at the search history and was like, <laughs> Now why have you been Googling for penises? <laughs> um so yeah, I like I didn't I couldn't like if you gave me a, a, an anatomy textbook. I wouldn't be able to fill in, like, the names of the different parts or whatever. And I, like, I didn't know how, the, like, you, they always drew, like, the big U for, like, the whole cock shaft thing. And then <laughs> there's a line across the end and then a line down from the top. And, like, I didn't know what those bits were. Like, I didn't know what I was drawing. And I knew I just didn't quite know yeah um and it's like it's like the the line for like the bell and the the urethra i know that now i didn't know it then but i knew how to draw it and it was just because they were always drawing it on other people's books to embarrass them
0: but
1: having to untangle all of that all of a sudden was very like baffling it all came over me at once and i I rubbed out what I had drawn because I didn't want to have to... I knew they were going to ask me, you know, like, what's that part then? Why have you drawn that? How do you know mm-hmm. how to draw it? And I mm-hmm. couldn't just say because you showed me, you fucking idiots, because I didn't have, like, the stones at the time. And they wouldn't take it anyway. Like, they, I, I, knew, I knew them. They weren't ever going to take what I said seriously. Like, one of these boys who was kind of romancing me, um, ribbed me for a whole bus ride about the fact that I surely must pluck my eyebrows because my eyebrows grown very thin so he was like do you pluck your eyebrows because that was another thing at the time that was a beauty standard thin eyebrows he was like oh do you pluck your eyebrows and I was like no and he was like really really and well like occasionally if there's one like sticking out and he's oh I knew it you do pluck your eyebrows you do pluck your Oh my god. Like they were so relentless and so disrespectful of like my natural seriousness Mm -hmm. that there was no escape from their nonsense. Mm -hmm. And
2: it
0: really it gets to you, it builds up. Oh god, yeah. I mean I had similar similar experiences, just like I didn't go to an all girls school. Um So there were boys everywhere. (laughs) And it was just, yeah, just like the things that they would pick at and like, whether they liked you or not. It's just this constant feeling of feeling like surveilled, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. You always have to explain everything about yourself. You're not allowed any one thing to just be as you are. It's mm-hmm. all to play for. Which, is, that, that's not fair. That's not kind. That's no way to to live. Like, no wonder we have problems with our identity when it's constantly being attacked every single day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, <sighs> more than ever now. Wonderful. <laughs> um, oh, and then the next part that I really liked was that he quote-unquote convinces her to suck his dick... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but she totally wanted to. She's like, he seems to think he's tricked me. Like, this is losing. Does this look like losing to you? And she's sucking his dick happily. <laughs> it's just so stupid, right?
1: Like, all the time, this rape culture that doesn't allow for even the possibility of
0: someone wanting to have sex with you, like again, it's. I just sorry to interject, but just that double edged sword of again of yeah. like you're a whore if you want it, you're a prude if you don't. Yeah, it's just impossible sometimes. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, yeah. I, I I watched The Breakfast Club just last week. Um, that that very line, um, and I was like, God, it just doesn't end like that. Having it made that clear, it should have I shouldn't have had to deal with this if people already knew that was what was going on like before I was born, but people still have to deal with this, and it's so boring and it's so stupid like boys and men, straight or at least like woman interested boys and men, or any actually like it's it, whoever you're trying to fuck. Why don't you think they want to fuck you? What's wrong with you? Like, and I know that that question, like, kind of creates their worries. Like, because nothing, like, nothing is wrong. You're just worried something's wrong with you. And that's why you think you have to force and trick people. You're fine. Just, like, comb your hair and say something funny.
2: God.
0: Oh, my God. Seriously. Like, the the majority
2: of people are sexual beings. Like, e- even,
1: even people who, like, even asexual people have sex when the, because they want to sometimes. Like, maybe they want to have a baby or something, or maybe they just want to try it out or whatever. Like, people want to fuck you. They do. People want to have sex. They want to touch your dick. They want to see what it looks like. They want to enjoy time together. Like, it's like the human body exists in this way so that human
0: beings can appreciate it. But there's such, like, an intense denial of that fact, like, just throughout all of society, you know? It's like we're so obsessed with sex, but that actual idea of having sex for pleasure for yourself is like so not even a thought in like mainstream society, I feel like,
1: yeah, and do you like do you think do you think like is it because it's cringe like is everybody just really embarrassed that that they like no one wants to admit they want to have sex because no one else has admitted it, so they're gonna like the only one i mean obviously there's like machination and politicking and like fundamentalist lobbying and and all that yeah. like they there are genuine enemies of um freedom and goodness who are actively trying to enforce purity culture and all that but like amongst normal people
0: well i just read an i just read something about how in texas i think they're trying to pass I think it's called the Comstock Act, which basically makes it illegal to mail anything sex-related. They're doing it to get rid of—so people can't mail the abortion pill anymore. But if they actually put it in place, it will mean that people can't even, like, order sex toys online and get them delivered to their house. So, I I mean, we're just such, like, a deeply unhealthy society. How can you have— normal and like healthy feelings about sex if like this is the society we live in where just like your own sexual pleasure is considered something like deviant, you know? Yeah. It like it is genuinely like that's a war on the people. Like mm-hmm. cut their fucking heads off. <laughs> <I know>. Um <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. It's crazy. We live in such a crazy time. I just can't even believe it. <laughs> I know you right. Um, but then she goes on and she's like sucking his dick. And she says, have you ever sucked a dick with abandon? I have been missing out. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that. She says like she was always too scared to cut loose when she was giving head before because she was afraid like of what the men she was pleasuring would do. I think she says to the rest of her body while her face is distracted. Yeah. Which is really an image right there. Like, I, I don't think a man would ever even, like, think of that. Like, how giving head can be very, very powerful, but it's also obviously, like, very vulnerable, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, often it's, like, you're you
1: often you're going to be on your knees or, like, balanced somehow or Mm -hmm. like it's 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 not often that you can have a really secure stance with a dick in your mouth like someone would have to be like really like crouching on like the kitchen table or something Um, (laughs) i'm not saying that's that's not gonna happen but like the norm is probably more like
2: round based um and when um Oh, when when you can grab your head, they can, yeah,
1: you know, when you're in a, a sexual situation, if you're if you don't completely trust the person that you like, if they haven't proven themselves as an actual reliable
2: sexual partner, um, then there's like often this tension, um. Mm-hmm. Because often in like
1: the kind of activity that would be called foreplay, like stuff like when you haven't put the penis in the vagina, like any other thing, like those those usually come earlier in um like your association with someone. um So like it might be sucking a dick, or it might be like giving someone a hand job, or um, like letting them feel your tits or just kissing or like holding hands or like pressing against them in a park or something
2: um there's like it can be hard to be I guess sure that they're not thinking I
1: haven't fully dominated her like I haven't got everything yet Mm -hmm. um like there's so much um available like ambient Mm -hmm. narrative of um I mean like the phrase go all the way um and I guess even the framing that I'm using here like stuff before penis and vagina like the idea of full intercourse as like the home run
2: Mm -hmm. um creates a sense of um like are we nearly there yet um you sort of
1: it can be very easy to expect impatience um from specifically from a man um and to worry that he's going to try and enforce it um and whether or not you're worried that he's going to physically like push just the the fact that that idea is in your mind at all like am I giving enough am I about to be expected to do more like it's distracting it 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 doesn't you can't enjoy yourself completely if you're like auditing the situation in Mm -hmm. a second tab in your mind
0: um
1: and, and then, it is a really
0: vulnerable position where, like, yeah. you could be naked, they could see your whole body. Yes. And again, it's that thing of, like, getting too much in your own head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, because often you need to bend over in some way, like, you need to sort of truncate your body, and then, like, it bunches up. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, those magazine covers that we got used to when we were 13, 15, th- there is no bunching allowed. Um, you have to be elongated at all times, uh, sailor moon hours. Um, yeah, like there, there's like a pitfall every
0: half an inch, (laughs) (laughs) but there is so much, you know, power if you can. Get past those things and like, oh, if yeah, you yeah. can feel like the one in charge. Then, I mean, you are holding his dick in your mouth, but your teeth are right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. be the one in charge. Um, that can be really, I mean, I, I, one thing she said was this is like getting fucked while still anticipating getting fucked. It's like, yes, like if you can <laughs> get into it and like be mm-hmm. in your body, it can be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, the
1: getting to the good part is so often just a matter of getting, not, like, getting through the bad parts, but, like, working through the bad parts. The stuff. discomfort. And, yeah. um, Even just, like, acknowledging or recognizing that you have these fears or these experiences, like, just, like reflecting on your actual position can really embolden you um to act on your actual desires and preferences um pretending that you're not afraid uh, which is the stoic in me um i do generally prefer to be like no i'm not bothered like you can't see anything wrong with me and even to hide that tension from myself, um it doesn't work. it's still there. I'm just not looking at it um mm-hmm. so putting this stuff on the page um got it out, I guess, like being able to acknowledge the
2: the weakness i guess in my self perception um was a like it was useful um -hmm. I I don't have most of the worries that I'm talking about now um because of deciding to be brave enough to discover that I did Mm -hmm.
0: no I know exactly what you mean I think um (laughs) um, so what then one of the things that she also says that um kind of speaks to that I think is that she says I'm having sex with someone hot purpose (laughs) so proud (laughs) right yeah it's just like that liberation of like letting yourself have the thing that you really wanted that you were scared to have
1: yeah and going for like the a lot of stuff like a, a lot of the the kids these days um are talking about compulsory heterosexuality, which is good. Um and mm-hmm. a lot of lesbians are discovering that they are lesbians because they're thinking about what compulsory heterosexuality has like done to their perception. Uh, but it's not just lesbians that get messed up by that. Um the like sex as a triumph like as an achievement um being wanted as an achievement um that's very um screwy, but it's also um like if if you find that you have that sense of sex like if you feel that that you've achieved something when when you've got someone to want you or like you, like you don't actually have to give that up um you can still enjoy it but enjoy it better for knowing that and why you consider it a triumph because if you if it is a triumph and you still want it then you still want it but it's still a triumph um Mm.
2: but recognizing it um makes it um like safer like it's it, it really is what i mean is that if the things that you want turn out to be things
1: you do actually want then you still get to celebrate the triumph that you feel because of that compulsory heterosexuality whilst actually also doing what you want to do which is the thing that you were told to do but now you know that you want to do it instead of just doing it to feel a hollow achievement now it gets to be
0: like a deep and textured achievement does that Mm -hmm. make sense Yes, that's, like, the constant work is, like, unraveling what we really want from just the things that society is always telling us we should want. Yes, yes. And in sex, that's, like, especially complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, oh, and then just really quickly, I have to say I loved the analysis of all his tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just liked that he's faking cum gutters with his lightning bolt hip tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was cute because <laughs> I yeah. And to then be- she's like, "Well, he's trying to be hot, so that's yeah, right." <laughs> Like, uh,
1: he's horrible, but he also, he needs to be at least a bit cute, because otherwise you can't relate to why she would want him. It would just be, like, an unpleasant experience of, like, why is she fucking this weird guy? He needs to be at least, (laughs) like,
0: you know? Like, he's a cutie. He's a bad cutie, but he's a cutie. Yeah, I mean, that really speaks to, like, some of the randomness or like strangeness of the things that we can find so sexy. I mean, mm. I have some like celebrity crushes that I would never like want to date as people, mm. but <laughs>
2: like <laughs> and like who? they're they
0: can be kind of like grody to me, but also like very alluring, you know? Tell me more. <laughs> who who I wanna Oh, oh who? Um this guy in particular reminds me a little bit of I mean, I don't want to be insulting, but I have a really big thing for Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, no, yeah, totally fair. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, he's just really tall. He has all his tattoos. I mean, I would love to get, like, a go with him one time. (laughs) That could be amazing. But I also wouldn't want to date him. So it's that (laughs) constant unraveling of, like, what what do I find hot? What is healthy for me? And like, how can I incorporate all of that in yeah. a sex life? That's still exciting, but, but healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Finding, I guess not yeah. even healthy, but just like affirming to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like, I don't know if if you have ever scrapbooked, but, like, it's that kind of impulse, right? Like, cutting out the really good bits
0: mm-hmm. and pasting
1: them into a new form that, like, belongs to you.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's the thing that makes me sad about our society is I just think these conversations are so squashed constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's just so much harder for people to 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 once again navigate all of that, <laughs> um, but I think that this comic is like people should read it because it's it makes you think of all of these great conversations and things that we should be thinking about with our own sex lives. I think. Oh, I'll blush. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> so we're almost to the end of the part that we're going to go through. Um, but just my favorite part after they have sex is she says and then i'm the fries she's talking about the caviar fries from the beginning
1: reincorporation
0: that was great (laughs) and then the other thing i loved was that she says like like she just had this great sex and she says and i have been this person all along Mm -hmm. just loved that like it's inside of you the things, yeah. whatever things you want to do, the sexiness of you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: We always ask children, like, what do you want
1: to be when you grow up? Um, which is legitimate. Like, it's it's an interesting question. It's an interesting thing for them to think about. Um, but, like, in parallel, like, children know that grown ups have sex and are sexy and whatnot. And, like, you, you conceptualise, like, who will I be when I'm doing that? Like, mm-hmm. cause you, like, I, at least, I could not imagine myself as a sex haver when I was too young to have sex. Like, I was, I just, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, it's not that I couldn't see it happening, it's just I knew that, like, I didn't know that me yet. Yeah, um, yeah but as you grow up and get older and approach that special time um (laughs) like the 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 options and the possibilities start to like occur like will i you like you see how how people be sexy like on television or whatever um and like who the official babes are and and how people do it in movies and on television and stuff and you're like could I ever really like could it be me and when it is like oh, damn I did it <laughs> it's something to celebrate like you've become this whole this whole you like this whole new kind of person and
0: it it, it is it, this it, whole huge other dimension
1: yeah And it's not something that I've seen celebrated a great deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important to me, at least.
0: So I thought, well, I'll I'll do it. (laughs) No, I couldn't agree more, honestly. I mean, I guess that's probably a pretty good place to stop unless you have anything else that you would like to say or chat about. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> I <I'm,
1: I've, laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I've been spewing it out. Um I do think so. Um yeah, after this point in the book it it gets into like the real the thriller portion, I
0: guess. Um yeah, so, so everybody should buy it so you can get to the whole <laughs> I hope so. Story. Um it's not a lot more.
1: It's not like it's not available currently because um, my funding campaign just finished and I'm not going to be selling the book until the people who funded it um, on the crowdfunder are getting their copies because that just feels a little unfair if they have to wait and no one else does. Sure, um, but um, my newsletter, if you if you are interested in the book, and I really hope you are. um <laughs> my newsletter um if you sign up to 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 receive it um then rest assured you will be hearing when it is available um once okay, again and i'll put all oh, of that in the show notes too oh thank you um there's also actually um which i don't think i mentioned i i will send it to you um because i would like to know what you think um i wrote a um a comparison story um, which has been recorded by um, Phoenix Dragonfly, a erotic voice actress. Um, just a little,
2: like... Um, the the Magic Necklace, the title of the book, belongs
1: to Morgan Le Fay. Um, and I wrote a little Arthurian um, fuck story um, about Morgan watching Anrita. rita Get the necklace and think about what to do with it, and how she feels about and supports her decisions, and also um, has sex with Lancelot because, <laughs>
0: nice.
1: you know, lifetime ambitions. <laughs> what can I say? That sounds wonderful. <laughs> I would love to hear it.
0: <laughs>
1: and that also will be will be available with the um, with the comic in
0: a short time. Okay, perfect. Well, I'll put all of that information in the show notes so that people can go to your website and join your newsletter and anything that they want to stay updated with. Um, And I guess that's it. Thank you so, so, so much for... (sighs) coming on here and dealing with all of my annoying scheduling stuff (laughs) I really really appreciate it and I think it was a really great conversation so thank you
1: well thank you for hosting and receiving my uh, fire hose of feeling (laughs) I never know what I'm going to come out with when I'm talking to someone about this comic and this is what happened this time it was a surprise to me too
0: (laughs) It was fantastic, in my opinion. So thank you.
1: I've
0: I've enjoyed. Um, I've enjoyed talking with you. And then I will just say, go forth and masturbate, people, (laughs) because that's our slogan. Amen. (laughs)